Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cave of the Cross Politics. I'm Patrick. And I'm Tony. And uh, we're in the midst of learning about Christianity. Who yeah, would have thought? About that, right? <laughs> <laughs> in our book by, uh, by James Anderson called Why Should I Believe Christianity? And uh, uh, we left you without hope last time. And then um, uh, there was a, a God, and then he made a creation, and then that creation rebelled and didn't uh, view him as Lord. Yeah. And then. Um, we're, we're, we're in the thick of it. So yeah, let, let me just read the last paragraph yeah. of the last section. So this, obviously, this chapter is uh, split up in the sections here. This section was called uh, Rebels Without a Hope, mm-hmm. right? And he says, according to Christian worldview, then, we are tragically fallen creatures. From our earliest years, our hearts are inclined toward evil, and all of us are capable of great wickedness. Even when we act respectably, we do so with mixed uh, motives and impure hearts. And the worst part of this is we cannot fix ourselves. Both morally and spiritually, we have dug a deep pit and jumped into it, and now we can't climb out. Right. right. So he's, I, we're pretty in a messed up yeah. situation, right? We're in a sticky wicket, I believe the British would say, or something along those lines. Yeah. And so uh, we're we're looking at kind of different uh, aspects of uh, the Christian worldview that makes that makes it up. What what are the important things? So. Things like who is God is definitely important. And so we covered things like, well, why must he be a trinity? Why must he begin in the beginning mm-hmm. or even before the beginning, mm-hmm. technically? Uh, and then um, kind of our makeup. So uh, we were created, so we're creatures. Uh, we have that um, that uh, um, uh, standing within creation. Uh, we're a part of creation, but we're also special in creation. And so um, the, the rebellion part uh, comes into play. It wasn't the... The gophers and the birds or the fish okay. that rebelled, it was yeah, uh, people. It was, it was uses. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and everything after that uh, seemed to fall to pieces. So uh, we're, we're, our makeup, our understanding, our, the way we think, uh, the, the, the Bible says that uh, we suppress God uh, in, our, in our knowledge. And so uh, even though all men uh, know in some capacity, it's the suppression of that. So that when we look out upon creation, instead of seeing the glory of God's majesty, um, we attribute it to uh, birds and creeping things and the image of man and whatever else that we can hewn out and, and put in our own. So, so again, this isn't to say uh, kind of whether those uh, things are, are right or wrong, although we would say they're, they're correct. It's to provide kind of the general overview of what um, the Christian worldview says and mm-hmm. where, where we derive our, our principles of knowledge from. So he's kind of examining the Christian worldview here. Right. right. Yeah. And so uh, one of those aspects is the next part, which uh, talks about God speaking. Mm. If yeah. that were the end of the Christian story, it would be a pretty rotten one, right? <laughs> uh, you know, it's the, 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 the idea of kind of this deism of God, you know, winds up the clock and says, oh, you've, you've, you ruined it and I'm out of here. I'm going to the next universe or something like that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but in order to grasp the good news, what the Bible calls the gospel, right. maybe you've heard of it. Yeah, we it we need to understand the bad news with which it contrasts. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, uh, before we get to the good news, we need to appreciate another defining element of the Christian worldview. The God who made the universe is also the God who speaks. Wow. So the logos is, a, is an important aspect. Uh, we see it in, in John 1, and um, it mirrors what we were uh, looking at with uh, respect to Genesis 1. And um, it's a... a um, 
continued revelation from mm. from God. So yeah, we're reminded of that Francis Schaeffer book. He is there and he is not silent. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It should be. And the angry. third book is and he's angry. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that centers in the hands of an angry. <laughs> That's God. right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. okay. And I don't think that was Schaeffer. Yeah. Either. No. No. <laughs> uh, the Christian worldview also affirms that. Um, not only that God is intimately involved in this creation, but also that uh, he relates to us by speaking, mm -hmm. right? He speaks to us. The Bible acknowledges that God has spoken to human beings in various ways throughout the ages, right? So um, most of his common way of speaking, however, and the, the main way he uses to speak is uh, what our author says, through divinely inspired prophets, right? right? Who serve as the intermediaries between God and his people. Mm -hmm. Right, so that's the basic way that he's suggesting that God speaks to us, and so he's going to use that as a definition. Uh, we'll see, uh, uh, you know, about what revelation is all about. Right, right? and so you have people like um, like uh, Dawkins and and others, kind of in that camp, that say, oh, you know. Uh, if if God were to exist, it would be as if uh, it would be us talking to the ants. Mm. Well, both of us and the ants are created beings. It's it's. I'm assuming that if we created ants, we'd find a way to communicate with yeah, it, just yeah. as we do with computer programs and our robots that build our cars, and hopefully we don't uh, yeah, so AI the, the destroy more us. Apt, uh, you know, kind of analogy would be us speaking to our computers, yeah. which we do, right? Right. right. Something we created, right? Well, we didn't create ants. Why? Right? Why wouldn't we have the ability? Like, yeah. you know, it's just a bunch of ones and zeros. <laughs> just, just as th that kind of parallel of oh, something so big talks to something so small. Yeah. Right. And so if you're the creator of it, wouldn't you put in a, a means of communicating? Yeah. And yeah. so that, that's what we I, when we I, I tell my car when I want to go faster, <laughs> I just push down that, you know, I communicate with my foot, right. but still or sometimes with my, you know, my thumbs on my cruise control. Right. But I communicate with it. Right. 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 Yeah, so it so, was created by us. Yeah. So I've, I've never understood this idea. And also uh, having an understanding or, or trying to posit a, 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 a God figure that you have no understanding of that you say, well, he couldn't communicate with us. Where, where do you get that idea from? Yeah, you, yeah. I, I've, I've just created a God that can't communicate. Okay. Congratulations, Dawkins. <laughs> yeah. We have a God who says he does communicate. Right, so right. Uh, let's, let's try and stick with, uh, with the facts at hand there. <laughs> so a central tenet of the Christian worldview then is that God has communicated through divinely appointed prophets who have the authority to speak the word of God to their fellow humans. So, uh, we, we saw this in um, the Old Testament. Uh, we saw it uh, with with uh, Moses and then Aaron and, and um, various um, establishments of, of both the, the prophets and the priests. Um, so the prophets are there to communicate God's word, uh, the, the prophecy speaking on the you know on um, God's behalf and then uh, the priests are there to carry out the, the duties that God has uh, set in place. Mm. And then it carries over and we see that with, um, with um, uh, uh, Michael J. Kruger's book, where he talks about, um, you know, that the New Testament is just a continuation of, of the Old Testament. So it's it's not an interruption. It's not a different kind. It's uh, the, the apostles were appointed kind of the the prophets uh, of of uh, to take place once uh, they were imbued with the the Holy Spirit. Now let's make a connection then between the idea that God speaks and the Christian understanding of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. So he speaks. And so the Christians say that, you know, the simplest way to put this is to say that the Bible's collection 
of divinely inspired prophecies. So there's the connection there between he's speaking through prophets and how it's connected to the Bible, right? So these are divinely inspired. The Bible is divine, is, uh, is a collection of divinely inspired prophecies. Uh, words from God, right, given through prophets, which have uh, been written down and preserved as inspired scriptures, right? And so that's why Christians call the Bible the word of God, right? Right. Right, and so yes, uh, these nomadic people that eventually settled down, um, uh, and also were an oral culture, also had a development of writing um, and uh, language and their own language, and uh, you know the, the, there's been works done on um, both uh, the Hebrew uh, spoken language and then um, just the uh, dedication to the written word that they had and. You see it with, uh, you know, I've, I've gone and seen the Dead Sea Scrolls that mm. even mm. even those that um, uh, weren't connected, uh, uh, you know, uh, completely with the temple still had an immense reverence for things like um, the Tetragrammaton, the, mm. the, the, the sacred name of God where, you know, they go and they get a different pen and different ink and they wash and, and do this thing. And, and the way that their language is structured uh, is, you know, if, if you have this many lines, then you, you do it there. And if you made one mess... You burned it up and you started over mm, yeah, again. So yeah. you know th- this this idea that be oh, careful. <laughs> oh, you know it's just you know people passing down um, the the oral tradition. Um, I'm sure that was done in some respect, but um, we really see, especially in God's word, um, like the, every time that uh, Israel had a new king, that, that the king would have to copy his own set and, yeah, and yeah. the the preservation of that with Ezra and the like of returning to the land. So even when Israel is cast out. They still have uh, access and laid up the, the the books in the temple and carried over to uh, the second temple with Jesus. And um, you have the, um, the, um, the 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 Greek version of that and um, uh, the, 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 the Septuagint, which yeah. is what uh, Jesus and the disciples would have used uh, for their time period. So again, continue the tradition. It's 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 not a new uh, a new thing. Mm. So the sim- simplest way to put it is to say that the Bible is a collection of divinely inspired prophecies, words from God. So it's not just oh I I've seen the future and I'm telling you about it. Prophecy is this uh, collection of of God speaking. Yeah, good. So another key element to the Christian worldview is the conviction that God speaks. But what does God say? Okay, so he does speak. Right. He All does, right, so great. Right. Does he does, say, does, does he push his foot down and yeah. say, go faster? So, or, yeah. yeah, so he's like, okay, the sun <laughs> the sun is this this far away from the earth, or does he communicate other things? Right, right. <laughs> so the brief answer is that God speaks to us about three major topics. Okay. So here, here are the three. Three topics. So he speaks about who he is mm. and how he interacts with his creation. Oh, so... He has to reveal himself to us. Okay. Yeah, yeah this is who he is, right? <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't know, right? right. Yeah. So, again, going back to the idea that it's a God-centered religion. Mm. Uh, God speaks uh, uh, about us, what he made us to be and to do, and what we actually uh, have done and become. And so uh, that, of course, uh, affects how we think and do and what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Uh, right. And then God speaks about salvation, what he has done and will do to get us out of the mess we've made for ourselves. Mm. And that brings us directly to the next major element of the Christian worldview. Yeah. And that element, of course, is um, is, is salvation. Right? Right. right. God saves. Right. So what is salvation? The word is a staple of Christian literature. Right. Not to mention the Bible and Christianity can hardly be defined without this concept of salvation. 
right? I mean, that's a key element in Christianity. We've already covered that Christian worldview is a view of what's wrong with the world, right? And the idea there is that we've rebelled against our creator, uh, you know, and so that brings condemnation by the creator and obviously corruption upon ourselves. And, and as our author mentioned, a curse upon the entire creation. Right. right? So that's the, that's the result of this rebellion that we have. Right. And so we are in a situation where we are hopeless. Right. Right. So if you're, if you're writing the story, this is called the conflict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are coming into conflict with God. Yeah. He says yeah. to do one thing, we do another conflict arises. <laughs> so how do, how are we going to get out of this? Yeah. That's, that's the, the Paul Harvey would say, Paul Harvey was this guy on the radio and I probably should explain radio for anyone. This would be the rest of the story. <laughs> I remember those from back in the day, talk radio. Yeah. Now the rest that's, of the story. It was, it was before podcasts. <laughs> Uh, so not only have we uh, made a mess of ourselves and the world, our corrupted state means we cannot fix the problem ourselves. Mm. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, 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 doctor, heal thyself. Well, mm. unfortunately, mm. we're not able to. Right. Because right. we're fundamentally broken creatures, polluted in our very natures, we're not able to fix ourselves. However, God has stepped in to save us. The biblical term for this message is the gospel, which literally means the good news. Yeah, so we're so broken, you know, uh, we, we, uh, there's nothing we can do for ourselves, right? right. Which is, uh, you're talking about hopeless. That's a hopeless situation, right? Right. You know, this is one of the few, uh, Christianity is one of the few, we might say religions, if we want to say mm-hmm. that, that has uh, mankind in a hopeless situation and unable to do anything about it, right. right? It's not like we can work ourselves out or do good works or, you know, maybe do a little better here and karma will add in mm-hmm. and all. No, no, no. There's nothing that we're hopeless. Right. There's nothing we can do to fix Con- ourselves. Concentrate really hard and yeah. reach a state where you don't care about whether or not you're at peace that's or not. That's right. That's but right. That's what you ultimately no suffering get. And, yeah. 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 No, nope, that's not the situation with Christianity. Right. It, it puts us really, uh, in a situation where, you know, we are right mm-hmm. that uh, that um, we are uh, we've messed up so bad that there's nothing that we can do to get out. As he mentioned earlier, we've dug this pit now and we're stuck in it. Right. 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 And it goes again back to relationship and understanding of that hierarchy of reliance on God. We were reliant on God even in the beginning. And um, ultimately, that's uh, that theme is maintained both in salvation and uh, in the healing aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So what exactly has done God done to save us? Okay. So how's he gotten, how's yeah. he get us out of this yeah. pit? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where's the lifeline? Yeah. The Christian view can be summarized in three weighty words that require some unpacking incarnation, atonement, and resurrection. Mm. So uh, if you've been to Sunday school, that's, that's, those are probably yeah. familiar, but uh, if not, these are big highfalutin, yeah. you know, $25 words do, or whatever. Do right? I have a message for you? <laughs> yes. In the first place, God became incarnate, which means that he took on human nature and became a flesh and blood human being to pre- be precise. God, the son, the second person in the Trinity. Again, we talked about why it's necessary for God to be a Trinity and, uh, and kind of a, a little bit, we covered what that means. So he became a, the God-Man, Jesus of Nazareth. And there's uh, church history that can talk about, you know, mixing or not mixing or uh, the, the best way to say it. But uh, we would say something along the lines of he was both fully God and fully man, not, mm-hmm. not half and half uh, because uh, you need him to be both fully God and fully man in order to, to 
pay for the sins uh, in the manner which God has laid out that was uh, prefigured, uh, in, just a, a, a picture uh, of the temple sacrifices in the Old Testament, and that would point to um, what we ultimately see at the cross and then continued on, uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that final um, no, no further need for the sacrifice, which is what Hebrews talks about. Right, right. Yeah, so he had to be man in order to take on our sins as a man, right? right? He had to be our substitute. Uh, it, it couldn't be, you know, animals and that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The wages of sin is death. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. And so there had to be death, bloodshed, in order to pay. Right. Now, you know, the, the idea here is say, well, why? Well, because... When we've committed a, uh, a transgress against a holy and righteous God, and the payment for that is death. Right. It's, right? A, it's a complete separation yeah. of, of the most holy person. So, you know, th- think about uh, uh, wearing a, a, a white suit, uh, go, going to a, a fancy party, and you get a little speck of mud on you. Well, that's <laughs> going to stand out. And so um, God is so holy that he cannot um, allow corruption to, to enter into that relationship. And yeah. so um, he either has to start over again, which he's able to do. He right. can wipe us all out and, and start over again, or he has to make a way. He has to fix fix us, right, right, in some kind of way. And so this is really fascinating from a uh, maybe a story or even a philosophical idea. Here, God, you, we might say, is stuck in a conundrum, right? <laughs> here is, uh, so here we are, you know, the Bible, he, Bible says that he loves us. He wants to forgive us, but he can't because we're in such, we're unholy mm-hmm. and he can't have anything to do with us. And so how does he fix this situation, right? How does he get us uh, out of this situation that we, you know, that we have for ourselves? Well, he does it by becoming like us, right? In Jesus Christ. And therefore now he can forgive us because Jesus as a man can pay the penalty that we deserve, right? right? So that allows God to say, okay, uh, I can be just and merciful and gracious, right? I can be just because the penalty has been paid, and then I can be merciful and and forgiving uh, because that's you know that's who he is and that's what he desires. And so he kind of fixes this problem that we find ourselves in. Again, this is. Um, you know, this is uh, fascinating, especially with regard to religious ideas, because, you know, most religions say we fix ourselves, right? Uh, Christianity says we can't do that, and we're, we're totally helpless. And so God, who has to be just, uh, does the work for us, right? Right. If he just forgave us, if he says, oh, that's okay, you know, I forgive you and mm-hmm. that sort of thing, he would not be a just God. Right. Justice would not be served. Right, right? which when you, when you look at the, the Muslim idea for God, there's, there's a, a thing that you do, uh, multiple things, and if, if you've done enough good deeds outweigh the bad deeds, then, then you're in. Right. But what, I mean, it's, it's, they, they also the, believe the bad in, deeds are still wrong. They're, they're right? still there. So, <laughs> yeah. so where, where, where is that relationship uh, mended again? It's just well, I've done enough good things that way. My bad things, so I'm I'm slightly a better person within that confines. But you know, uh, yeah. there, there's no there, there's no making it right. How how can uh, Allah or God, uh, who transcends even His very own Word in that capacity, how how can He ever enter into a relationship with with 
still broken people that yeah. are just slightly better than they are bad in <laughs> yeah. that context. And, and Jesus really upped the ante, right? He says, if you hate your brother without a cause, you've murdered, mm-hmm. right? If you look on a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. Well, goodness knows, how do you uncommit adultery <laughs> or how do you unmurder somebody, right? right? You can't, right? right? There's nothing yeah. you can do to unmurder somebody, mm-hmm. right? Now you say, well, you give your life. Well, that's fine, but you didn't unmurder them, right? Right. 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 And so, yeah, um, there's nothing that we can do. And so God has to, He's as a just God, he has to, you know, exact uh, the, the just penalty for our sins. Mm-hmm. And he did that by becoming uh, a man himself. It's kind of like, um, you know, the judge who is, uh, you know, who, who uh, I stand before and I'm totally guilty and uh, there's no way that I can pay the penalty. And so he declares me guilty. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he gets up off the bench, takes off his robe, walks around to the front, pulls out his wallet pays all the fines and all the things that I owe, gets back up on his, you know, onto the judge's bench, puts his robe back on, sits back down, picks up the money and says, okay, it's been penalties been paid. Right. Right. So the judge pays it for me. Mm -hmm. And so now he's just because the penalty has been paid, but he's also forgiving and merciful. Right. 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 And, and that, that idea of, of, of God sending his own son, having him be personal and, uh, um, uh, you know, having it be, um, you know, we, we, we hate God, we've rebelled against him, um, you know, we, we, we've gone out, we've killed the prophets, we've um, not liked what they said, we've gone our own way, and then God gives us his son, yeah. the, 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 the most perfect being, <laughs> and allows him to be tried. And the only person to stand trial who's ever been truly innocent Stands mm-hmm. before and mm-hmm. says, "Yes, yeah. I freely give give up this aspect." And so, that that God nature still has to be preserved because He has to pay that penalty once for all for everyone, so that people from before that moment at the cross uh, can look forward towards it and have their sins be paid by by the righteousness that God has has given to them, and then us now can look back. And so, it's not a, a re-sacrifice every time. Like, okay. Uh, I've, I've accepted <laughs> this gift. And so he's like, okay, I, I, I got to go to the cross again. No, it's, it's done once for all. And so that's yeah. what, and that's so what that, this is, that's the idea of atonement, right? right. That's the second word that we, uh, right. that we saw there. It's uh, one consistent with the theme, in, even of the old Testament, mm-hmm. right? This sacrifices and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, so um, uh, human sin is very serious. It's, uh, you know, before God, this kind of thing. And uh, the very sin demands, as we've been saying, a penalty to be, paid and in order to escape that penalty uh a fitting atonement and that's what jesus did right he atoned for our sins Mm -hmm. he brought us back into a right relationship with god he paid the penalty for our sins right Right. Right. he's he's that bridge across the chasm that we couldn't we couldn't get across no matter how many lassos and harpoons (laughs) or uh, batman grappling hooks we have (laughs) So only a human sacrifice could accomplish that. But mm. no sinful human couldn't serve as an adequate atonement. Only a perfect, sinless human could make an, a satisfactory atonement before God by offering up his own life to pay the just penalty for human sin. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the God-man did. Right. The Christian doctrine of the atonement can be boiled down to four words, he died for us. That's Who died right. for us? Christ died for us. That's right. So that's the basic idea of an atonement. Right? But notice the death of cross, while necessary for our salvation— 
wasn't the last word, right? right? If Christ had stayed dead, for instance, right? The question would have marked, uh, you know, hung over the atonement. Did it succeed? Yeah, did it work? Yeah, right? Did it accomplish our salvation? You know, does death have the the final word, right? If he'd have stayed dead. So far from it, it did succeed, right? Something happened. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You, you, You lit the dynamite fuse, you held your ears, and then you waited... And then, and, and then the blast comes. That's oh, okay. Right. I just had to wait three days. <laughs> so, uh, for the atonement of Christ is brought, you know, into completion by the His resurrection, right? right? right. And that's the bang. Yeah, that, that's the thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> so the good news of Christianity is that God saves sinners. That is good news. Yeah. If we can't yeah. do it ourselves, uh, if if, if uh, we're, we're haters of God, it's up to God to change our hearts from a heart of stone into a heart of flesh to make it pliable and movable and uh we we come to a full realization of of our own sin of our need for salvation and our need for repentance uh and so um he provides that as he saves us through the incarnation atonement and resurrection of jesus christ Mm. does that mean that every sinner will be saved yeah you just said it right he he saved us he paid the penalty so we're good. Everybody's good. Right. We're in, right? Everybody, yes. <laughs> Much as we might want that to be true, uh, it doesn't logically follow. Oh, okay. <laughs> On the one hand, Christianity teaches that salvation is a free gift of God. Well, if it's free, you know, yeah. Pascal's wager, right? right. <laughs> well, it's, it's, Why it's in the world would us. you take anything else? <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the Dutch and us, are free? Okay, yeah. <laughs> it cannot be earned by anything we do. But like a freely offered gift, the gift of salvation must be received ah, and not refused. Okay. It must be accepted in the right spirit. Okay. So that's that's the yeah, so that's the deal, right? If you if you're giving somebody something, it becomes theirs when they take it. Right. Right. And right. that's the same way with salvation. The New Testament makes clear that the only two things that are needed for the gift of salvation to be received mm-hmm. faith and repentance. Right. Those are the those are the things. So faith isn't this this uh, wild idea of, uh, oh, I'll just close my eyes and leap into the darkness. Right, no, it's yeah. tr- trust or confidence. Exactly. In fact, that's exactly what the scripture says. Right. Mm-hmm. Critics, obviously, of Christianity right. have often often characterized faith as, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. A leap into the dark, believing without evidence or even worse, believing against the evidence. Yes. Yeah. What you know not to be true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in the context of the Christian worldview, however, that's not at all what faith means. Right. Right. Uh, how does the Christian worldview then, if it's not this leap in the dark, what is it? Right. right. So the biblical idea of faith is simply the idea of trust in a person. There you go. Trusting right. people is one of the most natural things in the world. We trust people all the time, our parents, our spouses, and so on. So I trust when I drive on the road, someone won't veer into traffic. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I trust that uh, when I... When I open a can of Mountain Dew, it's not poison because the person <laughs> on the other end has, has done the thing. Right. Uh, and the trust we put in people isn't a blind faith. It's usually a trust based on what we know about those people. Yeah. So I am, you know, you think about the, the trust falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm more likely to trust the people that I've been working with for 10 years versus the stranger off the street. Oh, I'm yeah. like, hey, hold on. <laughs> well, yeah. Catch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the same basic idea applies to faith in Jesus. To have faith in Jesus is simply to trust in him, specifically to trust that he is who he claimed to be and that he did what he claimed to do, mm. that mm. he is able to save us completely from our sins and his steadily consequences. So yeah. so yeah. That, that that's the rub. Uh, you know, he... He suffers immensely the the weight of sin of 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 all humanity's sin upon him, and we just have to 
believe in. Yeah, we just so, have you know, to trust. It's yeah. really hard yeah. on our. our <laughs> but, so, so no, but, but it's it is hard because it's God who has to change our nature, and it's doing something against that nature that yeah. we're going against. Yeah, so, exactly. so God, that's the reason why God has I mean, to change and, our heart, and that's why it's hard to lean back and fall right and right. trust somebody to catch you. That's against our nature right. because we want to make sure that we yeah. don't hurt I'll, ourselves. I'll climb right? down the ladder myself. Yeah. <laughs> And if, if I don't get to the end, then okay, then it's on me. Yeah. yeah. And so while uh, it's free, right, salvation is free, uh, it's still costly, right. right? It costs Jesus's life. And so we need to trust that what he did, he, he accomplished it. So what about this idea of, of uh, repentance, right? So the idea here is uh, that repentance is uh, really just the other side of the coin, our author tells us, right? Uh, faith involves turning towards something, right? Believing in Jesus, trusting Jesus, rather, or actually towards someone, right? right? Jesus Christ. Repentance involves turning away from something. Mm -hmm. In this case, uh, turning away from our sin and our rebellion against God. Right, right? yeah. That's what one of our old pastors like to say is that repentance is just that one one turn away. So however however far down the the backslide or the the rebellion you are, all it is is an about face. That's, right. that's it. Right. Take a step in the opposite direction. Right. right. It's crucial to understand that the requirement to repent doesn't mean that we have to clean up or our, our lives before we can be saved. So you know we we. we Clean the house before the company comes and we say, oh, this, this place is such a mess. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's and, such a mess and there is no cleaning. Right. And, and so, again, this is unique to Christianity, right? right? I mean, it, you know, we don't have to clean up our own selves, yeah. right? We don't have to fix ourselves before we can be fixed. Right. Duh, right? Yeah. It's, it's not of a state of enlightenment that, that you're, you're working towards or, or uh, oh, I've, I've, I've learned the secret. Now I have to do. Yeah. It's, no, it's done to me and I have to inform me. I have to respond to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if we could do that ourselves, we yeah. wouldn't need to be saved yeah. in the first place. Yeah. If we clean up ourselves, then, <laughs> right. you know, why yeah. would Jesus have to come? Why would we? Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I've got this. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Th thanks for, for sending your son to die at our hands. But you know, I've, I've, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather not <laughs> rather repentance is the expression of a sincere change of heart. It's a recognition that we have utterly failed to love God and others as we should a sense of deep sorrow at our sinfulness and a plea to God for mercy and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's not this, um, this, um, uh, um, mal, uh, idea of, of God of, of, uh, Oh, you're, you're going against me. It's, it's always been about relationship and mm -hmm. it's about mm -hmm. having a proper understanding of that relationship. So, you know, think about driving a car, you're you're in the driver's seat, and your wife uh, keeps coming over and uh, tugging at the wheel. <laughs> you're not in the driver's seat. Let's let's have a proper understanding of our roles. Yeah. You have the map. I have the wheel. <laughs> you you point me in the direction, and, and I'll make sure we don't crash in the cars. Yeah. And so having that that idea of of God saving us and is is all about relationship. Being in that re re relationship of understanding who He is. Um, and what he's done for us. And so it would be uh, like what we talked about before of a computer program instead of uh, uh, doing math equations or chess games suddenly wants to, uh, you know, play checkers. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not what I created you for. That's right. And so let's, let's help, help. You need, you it needs to be it. fixed. Right. Yeah. yeah. We, we need to go into the debug area. And so this is God <laughs> debugging us. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so, Okay, so that's, you know, that's uh, 
you know, what, uh, why we need to be saved, right, because of the situation we, we're in. But what exactly does salvation mean, right? And, um, you know, uh, what's the difference between that salvation makes, let's say, with us or in us, right? Mm-hmm. And so our author wants to boil this down into three simple points. Right. Right? So the first one is that salvation means forgiveness. Forgiveness means that the guilt of our wrongdoing is removed and the threat of divine judgment is forever banished. Secondly, salvation means reconciliation. So by nature, s- sinful human beings are enemies of God. The, the Bible says that we we hate God. We're... we're, we're um, of our father, the devil. So mm-hmm. uh, God puts us uh, in our fallen state on the same side as Satan. Mm. Mm. Uh, but when the problem of our sin is dealt with, the way is clear for us to be reconciled to God. Right. We literally become friends of God rather than enemies. And right. so, um, you know, th- th- again, uh, that uh, that's what we see with Moses or David. Uh, God refers to uh, them as uh, his friends. Yeah. Come and let us, let, let us talk as one uh, would talk intimately. Yeah, in that, yeah. that in fact, and, and then we see even then further, uh, especially in the New Testament, where we're more than even friends. We're part of a family. We become, you know, children of God. Right, right. right. There's a reason that uh, that uh, uh, the later parts of the New Testament refer to us save people as uh, the bride and Jesus as the bridegroom. So having, again, uh, a, a separate entity, that then becomes one and has a relationship. That that intimacy is is kind of typified in a, a idea of marriage. Is it's not just okay, uh, your stuff becomes my stuff and my stuff becomes your stuff. No, there's there's way more to uh, marriage than just the the, the mixing of labors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the way, that's not just in the an old uh, New Testament concept right. family, right? It was in the it was in the Old Testament as well. I remember one one verse, and I can't think of it now, but Jesus. Uh, tells the Egyptians that the, uh, you know, Israel was his firstborn, mm-hmm. right? So hit part of his family, right, right. kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, so thirdly, um, salvation means transformation, right? Change. Our hearts are supernaturally changed so that instead of being driven by love of sin and self, you know, and what I want and I want it now and that kind of stuff, we're driven uh, by love for God, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. That's the first great commandment. And so that our hearts are transformed so that that becomes a motivating factor in our lives, mm-hmm. right? So we aren't immediately made sinless. Wait, hold right? on. We're not made sinless? That's oh, okay. right. No, no, no. Well, then what's the point of it all? <laughs> yeah. So we're covered with his blood, right, so yeah. that he has paid the penalty for us. But we are progressively transformed into less sinful people as his Holy Spirit matures our faith and repentance right. and uh, conforms us over right. time. And right. again, you know, it, it's 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 uh, like the, the marriage. Uh, you, so you get married, you're, you're in your honeymoon phase, and then you really— get to know somebody right you, right. you, you figure out where, where they uh, where they leave their socks on the floor <laughs> you know if, if the towel is, is uh, hung up properly if we use the good towels or the bad towels <laughs> you know so uh, that th- there's again that relationship aspect it's not just uh, God downloading a program and suddenly you're there we still um, typify the relationship in a relationship aspect and so that's carried through uh, within the relationship between us and God but then also um, other people that come into play too. Yeah. So yeah. when we talk about the church and the, the relationship and 
um, the, the, and again, the a relationship is so important because that's part of who God is, right? right? He's a relational right. person. Yeah. That's the idea of the Trinity, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> again, going back to, to uh, being made in God's image and what that means, and 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 seeing that in aspects of of God's character. Yeah. yeah. In sum, the Christian view of salvation means that the problem of sin and its consequences is decisively dealt with. So that's what salvation yeah. it's, is all it's, about. It's right? not just. Uh, you know, in, in AD 33, he, he, he did it good enough then, and now it's up to us. <laughs> no, it's decisively dealt with. The guilt right. and penalty of sin are canceled. Amen. The alienation caused by sin is removed. All the right. bondage of sin is broken. The stain of sin is cleansed away. All this is, is expressly uh, viewed in, in God's word that he reveals to us so that mm. we know the extent of the atonement, the extent of, of salvation, and uh, having a proper understanding of, of reading that. Uh, with the whole idea of scripture of, of, of God's revelation is is important um, because if we pull out just different aspects, we might lose understanding that we would glean from other parts. And mm. so uh, that's uh, the importance of, of um, letting God speak, but letting him speak completely. Right, right. And so that's kind of, you know, the basic idea of the Christian right. worldview. There right? is way more to say about this. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, we, we spent half an hour just talking about that. But, you know, <laughs> there are books on just single aspects of, of those, uh, those big three things. Right, yeah. right. However, there is a final chapter our author tells yes. us, right? He says that every good story needs a beginning and an ending, right? right? right. An introduction and a conclusion. Where's the, they lived happily ever <laughs> yeah. after. And so since worldviews tell stories, uh, you know, a similar pr- principle applies with worldviews. Right. Right. So a comprehensive worldview should address not only the beginning of history, but also its end, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> it's the, uh, why are we here? And then what is our purpose? Yeah. So that's that's yeah. the aspect that, all worldviews uh, attempt to answer. Yeah. So the Christian worldview has much to say about both the beginning and the end, and its perspective on the latter is quite stunning. Wow. Okay. If Christianity were a play, it would have four acts, creation, fall, redemption, consummation. Oh. We've considered the first three acts already, so let's talk about the fourth. All right, so creation, fall, and redemption, we've looked at now the climactic event, yeah. obviously, in the third act was redemption. Throwing right? the ring into Mordor. <laughs> this, this, is, this is the thing. Right, and it was, you know, so this redemptive act, right, uh, is the coming of Jesus Christ into the world, his incarnation, his uh, atonement and resurrection. According to the Bible, the climactic event in the fourth act, Con, uh, you know, consummation right. is the return of Jesus Christ. Jesus told his disciples that although he had to leave them and return to the Father, he would not only send them the Holy Spirit, yeah. uh, but he would also come back a second time once their mission was complete. It's Terminator 2, he's back. <laughs> yes. And uh, so just as he departed physically from the world, he would um, physically return to the world. Mm-hmm. That's what he told them, right? Yeah. So in the first place, uh, there will be a general resurrection. Every person who ever lived will be raised to life again, just as Jesus was raised to life again. Uh, Immediately following the resurrection, there will be a day of judgment. All will stand before God. So every person that's ever lived will have to give an account. Uh, The perfect judge of the universe, and again, give an account uh, when they have what they've done with their lives granted to them. And So, um, you know, uh, okay, so... Uh, you you hate me and uh, you're you're sinners. How how, how do we have a relationship? Yeah. So that's what ultimately what we're going to answer. 
And obviously, there are two possible destinies, right, right for each one of Bribes, us. Bribes, right? right? You give out cash because <laughs> the, the guy who created the cash or the yeah. gold or whatever it might be, the seashells, yeah, he'll take the bribe. All right, so maybe. what are the two destinies? Well, one destiny is what Jesus called eternal life, mm-hmm. right? Never-ending fullness of life, utterly free from sin, sadness, and suffering, right? The other destiny is a grim and terrifying one, our author tells us, right? Uh, but it's integral um, uh, to the biblical worldview, and it can't be sidelined. Right. right. If there really is an ultimate justice in the universe, then there must be a hell as well as a heaven. Uh, the alternative to eternal life is eternal death, utter separation from God, and thus from the true source of joy and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. All right. So this has to be the case, right? Right. So the final chapter of the Christian story is the restoration of creation from its fallen and cursed state. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The original creation was spoiled by sin. In the end, God will bring things full circle with the climactic act of recreation. So it'll be recreated all over again. Right, right. right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it started in a garden. It'll end in a garden. Too. <laughs> um, and, and uh, you know, uh, Christ was captured in a garden. So, you know, gardens abound. That's uh, right. Get your green thumbs out now. (laughs) Our broken world will be refined by a divine fire that purges what evil and renews what is good. The outcome will be a new heavens and a new earth. Mm. And so this is where uh, your, your best, um, your, your, your best sci-fi comes in. And so, uh, you know, we were, uh, Adam was told to, um, to, to take the garden and expand it out. I'm, I'm of, of the opinion that we'll probably do likewise. Yeah. All right. So we have set out the main contours then to the uh, Christian worldview in a rather abbreviated fashion, right? It's what our author tells mm-hmm. us. The, the biblical view of God we looked at. We looked at the the view, the Christian view of the, the universe, human nature, the basic human problem, God's solution, and so forth. But now it's time to directly address the central question of the book, which is, you know, why should you believe all of this? Right, right. right. Yeah, it's a a big story, but, you know, why should you believe it over all the others? That's right, right. Right. And so he tells us that the remaining chapters will argue that there are excellent reasons, he says, to believe that Christianity is indeed true, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's what we will begin to look at next time. Right, Right. so we'll we'll talk about... um, uh, the God that is there, mm. and um, can he be proven? And um, uh, the, the continuing aspect of, again, this the uh, God-centered nature that um, uh, Christians believe, and what are those those implications? So, you know, th- this has definitely been a, a kind of a brief overview. Um, there's a lot more that can be said. There's a lot of clarifications that you can make. There are uh, disagreements even among uh, well-respected p- uh, people uh, that you, we could talk about. Uh, but ultimately, this is what, um, when you talk about, uh, uh, I'm, I'm a Christian, this is what uh, people would point to as uh, the basic overview of what uh, what the Christian worldview entails. Right, exactly. And so, again, th- there are implications that stem from this, and we covered a little bit about it, so the, you know, like our sinful nature or who God is, um, as opposed to uh, that kind of uh, a blind watchmaker that that leaves you alone. Okay. It leaves me alone. And then does what, how, how, <laughs> how do I, how do I get out of the state that I'm in? And yeah. So, you know, th- there are implications. So uh, the equation two plus two equals, and we're uh, attempting to answer four. And so now we have to answer, well, why is it four? Or right. sh- we should we believe it's four? That's right. That's <laughs> All right. So, um, that's, uh, that, that's Christianity in a nutshell. It took us three episodes and, uh, we've only halfly covered maybe 
a portion of what <laughs> that's right. Scratch but, yeah, the surface. Yeah. Right, so go yeah. to church. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's what we're saying. <laughs> and uh, and so um, uh, the 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 free gift of salvation is there. Um, we um, believe it. It's not by our own doing. Uh, it's not by any works that we can accomplish. It's not by being an American. It's not by uh, being a good person. It's not being born into it. Uh, but it's ultimately God who um, has to change our hearts. And so um, it's it's not a um, a a uh, a one-sided aspect. Um, we respond. Um, we have the uh, ability to respond for those uh, that God has chosen. So um, that's the invitation uh, at, at, for for all the things that we do. Um, that's our ultimate goal: is uh, proclaiming the good news. And so um, we want to proclaim that to you if you don't know it. And uh, feel free to uh, get a hold of us uh, to explain more or uh, to answer questions. And um, also, if you're not involved in a local church, I've talked to many and many people, especially over the past. A uh, year and a half uh, with everything going on, right. uh, there are a lot of people out there that believe that they can go their own way even after salvation. And so, uh, f- find a local church, please do so. That's uh, the the ministry that I'm involved in. Uh, that's what I end up telling people a lot because um, so many people want to find the stranger on the internet to to help them out with um, um, issues of walking through faith. And the the local church, if if we if we're Christians and we believe what the Bible says then we should do what it also says, which is to be uh, members in good standing in, in the local church and um, um, be, in that, be in that body uh, so that we can be part of the uh, invisible universal church. So mm-hmm. there's my little preaching aspect to it. <laughs> to, 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 now to, you step off the block, right? And so, uh, again, um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for um liking these and sharing these um we uh, appreciate it and um you know there's there's more that can be said and um there are books abound that uh, you can go to so um next time uh we're probably going to take a pause here uh, before we uh, head into our next chapter and maybe go back a little bit to a previous book to cover something we may not have covered so i'll be on the lookout for a trailer for that and um, um hopefully you enjoy that and uh, we'll see you next time as we figure out why we should believe christianity <laughs> See you next time.